What's up, everybody? Welcome to It's In Season, the anime podcast that is going along with you for the fall 2017 anime season. I'm David. My two co-hosts, they're here too. First of all, the anime reviewer girl, formerly known as, now officially known as, Shay Tari. I will get that right permanently. I won't make that mistake anymore. <laughs> What's going on, Shay? Hey, not too much. Been pretty good, actually. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hearing that. God. I'm I swear the conventions are over and I'm not drunk, everybody. I swear. I'm not on my game. It's it's the holiday weekend. I think I've already eaten too much. But I can't go without welcoming back back from the injured list, uh, who had a non podcast related injury back from back from the DL, your friend and mine, Cody Anderson. Cody, what's going on, buddy? Well, I'm back from IR, and I'm ready to get my low salary back on. Ah, uh, you're you're due for your extension. We're you're you're due to to get off that rookie contract. It's it's coming up, so don't worry. We'll we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you, buddy. So we're on episodes five and six of the three shows we're watching this season: Kino's Journey, Evil or Live, and King's Game. And I did. All of that this time, you guys. Be proud of me. I did it without mentioning Inuyashiki accidentally. I did it. I finally did it. Good job. All right. I'm proud of you. You know, because we talked about Inuyashiki on APOS, uh, both Jack and I are, are really into Inuyashiki. I really had to concentrate and make sure I didn't say it. So let me just get it out of my system right now. Inuyashiki, 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 Inuyashiki. Okay, let's jump into the shows we're watching on It's In Season. Uh, we're starting off with Kino's Journey. Uh, we're uh, on episode five and six. Uh, right now, the, the fifth episode of Kino's Journey was called Country of Liars. And uh, the synopsis went like this. A cold wind blows with early winter. After receiving permission to stay in a country for three days, Kino and Hermes encounter a man who is waiting for his lover's return. After parting ways with him, Kino is welcomed by the residents in town. Uh, I will say that one of the first things that I noticed about this episode was one of my favorite things about Kino's Journey just as a franchise, whether it's the light novel, the first anime, and, and now this one was how brightly colored and how well lit everything was. Like I loved in the first parts of this episode, you could see just how, just how beautiful this country was the country of liars i loved how bright and green everything looked it looked like it was even though it said it was early winter uh it looked as though it was it looked as though it was summer because everything was in full bloom and i really liked that uh shay episode five of kino's journey what did you think i thought and i actually found the episode to actually be pretty interesting i loved the little twist that it had towards the end of it 
And once again, I also agree that it was definitely a lot more brightly colored. I remember when I was done watching this episode with with the twist about how Kino said everyone in this country is a liar and, and it really all came together. The thing that popped into my head when this was done was I feel like this is a great introductory episode to to Kino's journey because Kino is mostly an episodic series. Uh, you can tell people where, where should I jump in? I feel like this is a good episode for people to watch. So if you're on the fence with Kino's journey, if you haven't checked it out, I feel like the country of liars episode live uh, episode five is, is a really good one. Uh, Cody, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I agree with that. I like how the episodes are self-contained that you really don't have to be following along, say, like Dragon Ball Z or something like that, where you can just pick out an episode, watch it, and you get to see a different adventure each week. And this week, I really, or this episode, I liked it. Uh, I liked that she didn't really have a role. It was more of a passive role for her than usual, and I was thought it was perfect for this, and the pacing was great. And the art is great every week, so I like how you touched on that. But I like the theme of lying for this and how they are liars, but out of every country she's been in, I think this may be the most kindest and most loving country we've seen so far. I I think that's a really good point because, yes, they were all lying to Kino and lying to each other. It was a lie through all of them collectively with the best of intentions. And I think that, and Shay, you can jump in on this anytime. I think that when you find out the story of how this country came to what it is, uh, it was really fascinating how we find out how they're all kind of playing along. They're they're all playing a role, but none of them really know that they're all in on it. And and I thought that was really interesting, Shay. What do you think? I think that is really interesting. I mean, it's kind of like I don't know. It sounds. It really seems familiar. Familiar to something that I've heard or that I've seen. I think like it's kind of the whole thing of like everyone's. It's like everyone's in on the joke but not everyone knows what the joke is, if that makes sense. That's yeah. what it kind of seems like with, with this particular episode because of the fact that they're all, they're all telling the same individual the same exact lie, but they just don't know that everyone else knows that it's a lie. It's kind of like keeping a secret from your friend, and you and your friend both know what the secret is, but you don't know that the other person knows what the secret is, so you try and act like you don't know what the secret is, but the other person actually knows it, but you both just don't know the other person knows it. It makes it, it sounds very confusing, but... And what what Kino was great at is being sort of the avatar for the audience at this episode was just being completely aware of the entire situation, like being that one friend that's like, hey, you two, cut it out. Get it together. What are you two doing? Just, Just tell each other the truth, and this would all cause each other a whole lot less aggravation. Uh, Cody, there was something in this episode that I found really fascinating that uh, delved a little bit into the lore 
of Kino's journey that I was not completely aware of in the past. Uh, I know you mentioned you'd watched some of it before, but do you remember the first part of this episode where we encountered that other Motorad? Yes, I, I recall that. The one that was in the museum. Yeah, the one that was in the museum. And that Motorad mentioned that a Motorad's reason for living, its purpose was to be written. It needs to be written. Otherwise, he was miserable in that museum. He he essentially wanted to die. He, he asked Kino to either take me out for a ride so I can be a Motorad again or break me apart so I don't have to sit in this museum anymore. Someone who loved the first Kino's journey and, and really enjoying this one, I found that really interesting that we're getting a little bit of insight into the Motorads. What, what did you think of that? Yeah, it's interesting that they're diving into more topics they didn't get to discuss the first go around. And the and this time, I think a few episodes ago, maybe when the first couple, I remember Hermes mentioning the same thing that his purpose and goal in life is to go on this journey with Kino because if not, there's no reason to live. There's no hope. Which I and guess it, it's also. It's also interesting how they built up the original owner of the Motorrad as well. They built him up so much when, in the end, the guy wasn't that great. But Kino didn't have the heart to tell, so essentially she was lying as well. Yeah. And I think that plays a factor in why Kino, despite the the three-day rule, despite that, was very quick to leave. However... At the same time, she noticed that everyone there was happy. So would it really be on her to upset those things? That is true. Because in the past, she has gotten involved for the betterment of others. And it has worked out to varying degrees across the series. I'll say I really liked this episode. Uh, I said on the last podcast that... I felt like the last couple of episodes of Kino kind of trailed off a bit, but these two really brought me back. This is this is feeling like the Kino's journey that I know again. And we get into episode six, In the Clouds. A group of travelers set camp high up in a tall mountain range. The affluent group lasts together wearing warm clothes and prepares their dinner. Meanwhile, one girl works silently away. Now, when I first saw this episode in the beginning, my first thought was, oh my goodness, they're totally changing Kino's origin story. Because originally, I thought that they were going to say, this is Kino, that this is how all of this got started, which would have been a completely different origin story from the original anime. Uh, So, the fact that it didn't turn out that way was kind of interesting, but... I liked how this went. Uh, Shay, what did you think of this episode? Episode six in the clouds. I think so far this is actually, that episode is actually my favorite episode. It had me enthralled from the beginning. And I also assumed and thought it was Kino. And as someone who doesn't know Kino's original origin story, because I didn't watch the original Kino, I was also very much like, oh, well, is this is this how everything got started so it was such a surprising when i 
it wasn't. But the entire story from beginning to beginning to end totally had me. And I was just like, what's going to happen next? And I just felt so bad for the character from the beginning. So I loved it. I loved this episode. I, I really did too. I liked that it started off in a really bad place, but it ended in a very good place. You could clearly tell it was a message of these people, this this family or whatever, and this girl that they had enslaved. And this girl, for whatever reason, kept a sense of hope and optimism about people and life. And I thought that was really sweet. Uh, Cody, what did you think of this episode? I'm with Shay. I think this was probably my favorite of the series so far. And this was a, a roller coaster of emotions. It was heartbreaking most of the time. But I didn't get that connection with you two thinking it was going to be Shay's, or not Shay's origin, but Kina's origin. We have Shay Therese's origin story, everybody. <laughs> we do. It's a sad origin story. Oh. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like now we have like a future video for Shay, like a a fictional Shay Tree. Shay's journey, there it is. Shay's journey. <laughs> uh, do Do you know how to ride a motorcycle, Shay? Do Do you have a a, mo- a moped? I I don't. I rode a scooter, not a motorized one, but a regular scooter. That's close so enough. That, that that might work. There or rollerblades. Shay, there's a vlog for you on a scooter. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> you should do that. You should do it. You should totally do it. You should totally do it. I probably will. We'll see. I love it. I love it. Uh, but yeah, um, like I said, guys, I- I'm glad you really liked this episode because I really did too. I feel like these were two really strong episodes of Kino's journey. And it really makes me happy that these are being as well received as they are. That really makes me happy because I love this show a lot. Uh, I loved how, once again, in this episode, that Kino was really the audience avatar. And I, I like, and this was in the original series, too, where a lot of times Kino wasn't really someone that interjected into how the country or whatever story was being told happened kino oftentimes was the lens of the viewer and we got to see this too and kino and hermes didn't show up until the end of the episode but we also got a fairly happy epilogue for the girl photo we now know what her name is and i think this is shay and i'd like your opinion on this too since you haven't seen him before i believe this was a really good example of a self-contained story with a beginning a middle and an end and it also had something that's rare in anime it was just a really happy epilogue which was just great and i really appreciated that how about you yeah i also agree i feel like it had a very good epilogue overall and i love once again that it did have a beginning a middle and an end to the actual story. And I kind of liked it how, at least for me, how it deviated from the other episodes previously. And I think that's what I loved about it, loved about it the most. I'm in complete 
agreement. Uh, Cody, uh, I know you've said you watched it before. I, I feel like this was probably another really good introductory episode for people of Kino's journey. How about you? Yes, I think it'd be good for the overall story. Not so much on the character, but into the world of Kino. Yes, I think it'd be a great start. All right. So, yeah, I'm happy. Kino kind of lost me for a minute there for a little bit, but it's it's gotten me back, and I'm glad you guys are still in, too. Um, I, I want to ask, uh, Cody, especially you, uh, now that we're on episodes five and six of Evil or Live... How are you feeling about it? How are you feeling about you will live, Cody? Half the time, I don't know how to react. It's the series is just so different from episode to episode. There's tonal shifts the entire time from the comedic standing to the dramatic. And the story moves at a fast pace, but I kind of like that. Well, it, it I'm is not moving sure if it's a, Yes, I'm not Sorry, sure if it's exactly say. what I expect it to be. But I like it more in the last two episodes, or last three episodes, than I did the first part of the series. Yeah, it was like we were saying on the last episode. Episode four of Evil or Live was really where it kicked in, where the the tonal shift was was significant, and I think really well needed. So yes. we'll get into episode five, the parting of rather their parting of the ways. When Wudo is thrown into solitary confinement, Instructor Ryo grills him over the location of Jun's cell phone, then goes to see Shin. Meanwhile, Shiori meets the sisters Akane and Hoku, and Hibiki seeks the help of his classmates for Shin's next target. Uh, guys, and Shay, Cody, the first thing that I noticed in this episode was probably one of the first things that appeared. Shin... Uh, the dude with the purple hair who's the mastermind behind all of this, he has a cough. What do you guys think about that? I think for my whole thing, I thought I, I'm thinking that he is sick, obviously, because he has a cough. And I feel like there's something else underlining, underlying that we haven't yet discovered about him just yet. But it's very, to me, at least res- very reminiscent of watching the hunger games and president snow if you've ever watched the hunger games or read the books that he also had like sores in his mouth that were like a remnants of an illness and it was always for great skepticism from everybody who lived in the districts regarding why he has those sores and to me that's what it reminded me of just because president snow in the hunger games was like the mastermind of everything and was obviously the president and with and with this character, it's kind of the same thing. He's a mastermind of what's going on, but he also has something very mysterious about him that we as a viewer don't know just yet. And maybe this could be a good thing to make it like a little heart-wrenching for you as a viewer because you might start to feel bad for him. Or, yeah, we'll have to see and find out, but I also caught on to that. Okay. Um, one thing I also did a little bit of digging on is that all three of our shows this season have 12 episodes. So now when I saw this, it was like, this is why evil or live had the big tone shift that it had because they really had to get things going. And they really did uh, with episode five. Uh, I, I think the point of 
Shin having a cough, and that definitely leading somewhere is really interesting. And also, this episode overall, we got a lot of exposition. We got a lot from Shin, and we got some from Hibiki on the last episode. And we also saw something in, in Cody uh, with Instructor Xian and the Headmistress. And Cody, I'm, I'm getting that prison school vibe again. Oh, how about you? I think that could be removed and the episode would have been a lot better. Um, you can get you can get the point across how sadistic she is without the visual shots of her cleavage and just everything else that went along with the scene. I have to agree how, with that. Sorry guys, I, I'm kind of going to disagree. And not just because she's wearing glasses and, and has a business suit. I'm not going to disagree for those reasons. I'm going to disagree because I think it really made a good point to show that, one, the headmistress definitely has a, a very sadistic side to her. And it also shows that the instructor, Xi'an, while he is a total hard ass with the kids, and to a certain degree, he, he kind of has to be, he's not totally okay himself. And I think that so far with this episode, how Shay mentioned that you might feel a little bit more bad for Shin now that he seems to have some kind of sickness, I feel a little bit bad for Xi'an. Because he's got to deal with this. Maybe that's just me, but I feel like showing that and showing that the brutality in this school goes all the way to the top. I think that's a really good thing to know. Maybe I'm crazy on that one. Shame. Am, am I, I? Yeah. I think for me, I feel like they could have still showed her as being very sadistic without the scene of him getting whipped. I think that for me is what made it the most uncomfortable to watch was that moment. But I feel like if they would have literally cut to black of her saying, you know, I feel like you need to be punished. It's been a long time since you've been punished and like a cut to black scene. And even if they did like a cut to black, but you just heard it, I feel like that would have still had the same impact of it. And you seeing, knowing how sadistic the headmistress is without the uncomfortableness of actually seeing it. And I think that's probably would have been good. Or even with the fact that um, I forget the character's name who was looking in through the crack in the door and saw everything going on. Like, even if you just had him seeing it and just a shadow of it happening could have had the exact same effect. But it was just the whipping scene for me that was very uncomfortable. And that's that's when I was like, oh. Yeah, this took a turn. It it totally was uncomfortable. <laughs> but I think that was one of those things where I, I appreciate when artists take risks and go there. I, I appreciate when they go there. Except when it's like, in the case where it's just purely for the sake of fan service, <clears throat> purely for the sake of being a vulgar. I don't David. this. Yes, Cody. I will compromise with you on that. I okay. think if they would have just changed the whip that didn't look like it came out of someone's bedroom to <laughs> something else, I think I would have received the scene a lot better. 
It totally looked that way. Yes. That's what made it uncomfortable. <laughs> and and I, I don't know. I guess they probably did that by design. In in a weird way, I respect that, but I totally get where you guys are coming from because I felt uncomfortable watching it too. I did. I'm just saying that they had the, the cojones to go there, and I respect it. I do respect that they went there. And I don't know if I can say that with the next episode, uh, but what I'm liking so far is that we're seeing Hibiki, the main character. He's being less and less of a doofus. That's the only word I can think of. Uh, he's still kind of stuck in the middle of dealing with Shin and Shiori, uh, his old friend, but he's, he's showing a little bit more spine. His, his roommates in, in the other cell, they're, they're really looking to him now. And I'm, I'm liking that he's growing a little bit. Bit by bit, he's showing some growth. And I think we see a little bit more of that, uh, when we get into episode six, but, Shiori, she had an encounter of her own where she met uh, the sisters, uh, Akane and Hoku. I don't know how I feel about these two. Cody, uh, these two there, and when it got to episode six, I can definitely say how I feel about them, but I, I didn't know what to make of, of these two. I like them. I'm not going to lie. I thought the one looked exactly like just a taller, more butch Shiori, personally. Yeah, yeah. But the other character reminds me of a character from Momo Curry, which came out, what, I think the summer season? The one with the heart eyes for our main character here. Yes, yes, yes. But I yeah. like them. I don't, I may sound like a hypocrite. Seeing as I don't like the comedic side of the show, but. I just like those two as a pairing. Well, comic relief is okay when it's good. I don't Shay, know if it's good, but well, it's it's better it's than there. It, it's better than it has been on this show. I'll give you that. Uh, Shay, what did you think of these two when Shiore ran into Akane and Hoku? What did what did you think of them? I also didn't know what to think of them. To be honest, I'm still on the fence about them. I like the the shorter one. I like her because she's the comic relief. So I do like I do like her a lot. And but I don't know. They the they seem interesting is the only word that I can come up with right now regarding this pair is that they just seem interesting. But I'm I wanna see what more might happen regarding these two characters. Well, we start to in episode six, further yeah. into darkness. Uh, it runs like this. Seeking the cell phones that Wudo was smuggling, Akane and her team threaten Hibiki, the one who caused his downfall. Shin appears, then runs with Hibiki to the boys' bathroom. And when the girls follow... Now, this episode started off with Hibiki going full fight club in beating himself up and looking like he got in a fight to get himself out of a situation. And I thought that this was, and I wrote this in my notes, crazy like a fox. Uh, episode six, uh, Shay, uh, what did you think of this episode? 
I like I I kind of like the episode, and I think with the fact of him beating himself up was kind of was actually really smart, and it's kind of cool. Not kind of cool, but it's interesting to see Hibiki playing the game at this school to try and figure out what's going on and trying to, you know, find his way around there, but also getting rid of the ones that have bullied him. So seeing him kind of become a leader and that's what I really like mostly about this episode. That's what I like the most. And I feel like with him beating himself up, it was very reminiscent of me watching the pilot episode of Hey Arnold when he beat himself up to get out of being beat up. And so when I saw him do that, I was like, this just is so reminiscent of Hey Arnold. But I want I wonder where he's going with this. And so when he pulled out the, you know, the ketchup to make it seem like he was bleeding and then just, you know, screaming and crying on the ground, I was like, oh, he's really playing this up and he's doing a good job at it. I I agree. I didn't think of Hey Arnold. I thought of Fight Club. Yeah. Oh. I do remember that. Uh Cody, what did you think of episode six going in? What'd you think? What? Well, a quick side note. Shay just reminded me that the new Hey Arnold movie premieres tomorrow night. It does. Whoa, you're right. I am now, I am now excited. You're right, it does. Is that going to be in theaters, or is it going to be on Nick? I think it's on The Splat, maybe. Maybe on Nick. Yeah. One of the two. But anyways, I enjoy the episode. Like Shay said, Hibiki, in a short span since being at this prison school as you can call it uh he's shown a growth of confidence maybe it's with shin's help or maybe it's just deep inside him who really knows at this point but i like to see that side of him and as for shin throughout the series i've kind of liked him like i probably shouldn't have he just has this cool factor to him from his design to his personality but this episode's where he lost me completely and and you two were talking earlier about how uh, the cough, but I also recall the scene where I don't know if it was this episode, or the last one, where he said something about like I'll decide when I get to die. But just that sequence made it seem like he is in the process of dying right now. I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks that or not, but I we'll just see. Had a thought pop into my head about Shin being at the school. And I'll let you guys, uh, I'll throw this around. Is it possible that Shin probably is sick and probably is going to die and he does not have a lot of time left? So as it stands, while, while he's inside the school, they're kind of letting him be. Because he doesn't have a whole lot of time left. Shay, what do you think about that? That's an interesting theory. I think the only other theory that I can come up with regarding him being sick and feel maybe that's his last resort in trying to tear the school down is because since he is sick, he's that's like his last like hurrah before anything happens. But I feel like he has he's already been able to stay under the radar for now. Not really under the radar, but have that sense of leadership where everyone's already letting him do what he wants and just tear it down from the inside. That's that's good too, since I was thinking since he doesn't have a whole lot of time left probably. And they mentioned in these two episodes that students stay for a year. 
like, like they had the one kid that was there for a year, but then he got out and didn't to, do too well, and they put him back in. It's one year at this school, and they were saying if you can just last a year, you'll be fine. Maybe Shin doesn't have a year, and maybe one, the instructors are just kind of letting him do as he pleases, and under their noses, he's out to bring the school down. I will say that for me, this episode had a lot going on. It seemed to be throwing a lot in all at once, where we saw Akane and Hoku with their plan for Shiori. We saw Shin and his plan for the girls, and then we saw Hibiki and his his roommates, and then there was the the other room, uh, room six that Shin was mentioning, and then there was the dude that that was running room six, and then room twenty. It just seemed like with this episode, and and Cody, I'll ask you this: it just seemed like with this episode, they threw in a lot. And like I said, I found out that this will be twelve episodes, so I get that they're throwing in a lot right at the halfway point, but it seemed like there was a lot happening that they threw in in this episode. What about you? You're right. There was new characters, new plot points, and as you mentioned, uh, yeah, there's just a lot going on regarding the characters from the different cell blocks, uh, the new girls, the 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 idea that I think that Hibiki may uh, get all the guys together to join the side of the women now. And to unite the school, even though that's not what Shin probably wants. It sounds like he wants to unite the school, but he wants to unite the school under his authority. Hmm. And it sounds like Akane and Hoku want to unite the school in a rebellion, whereas Shin, he just wants to rule. So they want to be comrades, while he just wants to... Be the person in charge. He he wants to be the king, if you will. How's this for a segue? And speaking of the king, <laughs> let's talk about King's Game. And I said this early on when we first started this season. I have really not enjoyed an anime opening theme in a really long time like I have with King's Game. I still, with every episode, I listen to the open... I end up going to YouTube and listening to the opening theme. I'm I'm really digging the opening theme song to King's Game. So that's one really big positive I'm getting from King's Game. And also, I'll say, guys, it, it's really funny. When we talk about episode six, um, I ended up spoiling myself just because I was curious as to just what the hell is going on with the King's Game. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's funny, like, when I was Googling and looking it up, the big reveal happened at the same time they actually made the big reveal in in episode six. So, like, I was, like, I had a tab open on one of my computer screens where it was, like, I was reading about the King's Game and how it all came about. And then when the anime was playing, they were explaining the big reveal. And it was like, oh... I just read this right at the same time as they they revealed that this was happening. So I kind of spoiled myself, but it kind of happened at the same time anyway. So episode five, uh, it was called Karma 
tears or whale karma tears. And I'm starting to realize that we, it explains the, the rules in each episode title, whale karma tears. And the, the rule that was broken for this episode was everyone crying. Uh, if you cry, you die. And also, we find out a little bit about Rhea, the character Rhea. Uh, Shay, uh, this was originally your pick. Uh, how'd you feel about episode five? I liked episode five. <laughs> it was it was one of those episodes where I was kind of felt like I was in the same realm as the characters because with the whole thing about they couldn't cry. I couldn't figure that out. Like, I was like, what are they all doing? Like, as soon as they got the whole thing of don't do anything unnecessary, I was like, well, what are they doing? And then when they, some of the characters had, I guess, um, blocked the King's number or they got their phone changed or their number changed. And I was like, okay, well, those are some things, but I don't think those are unnecessary, but I'm so, I, I can't figure this out. And then when they finally revealed that I was crying, I was like, oh, I was like, wow, well, that's a, interesting twist you know an interesting rule about not crying and so i didn't pick up on that till later on but i actually really enjoyed this episode and seeing the main character try and you know figure out a way to save his classmates and then also learning a little bit more about ria because at one point i wasn't so for sure about her because i didn't know what her deal was and then learning some some interesting tidbits about her made me kind of feel for her a little bit yeah she um just from my own personal history and people i've known uh once you you found out about her it made a lot more sense just given her disposition and what happened to her it was it was a lot clearer then uh cody uh episode five what did you think i thought it was okay I didn't like it as much as the next episode, but one thing I have noticed, you know, regarding both these episodes, they are really going through the backstory quite quickly. Like they're almost trying to just speed up to get to the main story because, as we are talking about Evil or Live, you know, there's six episodes or there's about what six episodes left, and they really need to get to the current story, which I don't mind because I like these characters in the past. I agree that they're moving through it very quickly. Uh, however, when I was looking things up, I, I found that the actual King's Game story does spread a little bit, uh, for the lack of a better term. Uh, in episode six, we find out that, and here's the big reveal, everybody, it's a virus. It is a virus that is spreading. It is this mutated super virus that is self-aware. And in episode six, we find out all about it. And it starts with this. Only ten members of Nobuaki's original class remain. This time, the number of lives that will be claimed is left up to a gruesome game of chance. This is the scariest dice game I've ever seen, and I've seen plenty of dice games, and I've seen enough episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! with Duke Devlin. This was a pretty scary dice roll. Uh, episode 6, Revolt, Counter, Oppress. 
Uh, Shay, uh, I'll get your thoughts. I want to ask what you think, but I'll ask you too. Is it just me or did the violence and the gore in these two episodes, did it really get turned up a notch or was it just me? No, it definitely got turned up a notch. Just because of the fact you saw, it's like they literally got rid of almost all of the kids within two episodes because there were so many kids left in his class in episode five. And so seeing all these kids just either dying by asphyxiation or having their limbs ripped off, like it was just literally just so much gore and so much dying. It wasn't too much for me to not take it and not see it, but it was definitely at that point where I was like, I was like, no one's safe. That was like my whole thing of like, there's no one that's safe. And I think the hardest deaths though for me to really watch was with the dice roll game and him having to say names of the people that were ultimately you know gonna die and also when he said one person's name and he felt bad because he didn't mean to say it and you just see that person's head just go all the way around and them screaming like i was like okay like that's a lot (laughs) that was so goofy i loved it (laughs) (laughs) oh but I think when, when he turned me, around, when he turned around, and then the last thing he said was, "Oh, it went back straight," and then it yeah. fell off. And I think that that part, and also the part where it was he was laughing the entire time as it's his head's just spinning around. I was like, I was like, either he's at this point already gone and doesn't realize, or just he's just slap happy. I imagine that level of pain would probably do something to you that is really messed up. Uh, Cody, yeah. uh, like I said, I noticed that the, the gore and the violence in these two episodes really got turned up. That was the main thing that I noticed from this episode and just the idea that holy crap, nothing is safe. But I yeah, want to talk to you about Rhea now in this episode because we're watching the Kings game. People are dying. It's really gory. It's really violent. People are crying. And then suddenly we find out Rhea has figured out what the Kings game is. That it is a virus. It is spread, I guess, through cell phones and through text messages. And this virus infects cells and manipulates them through the power of suggestion. Almost like hypnosis, which is just crazy to think about how how this virus at the cellular level is able to manipulate bones and, and skin and tissue to do all of these crazy things. Uh, but then later on at the end of this episode, Rhea tries to stop the virus and delete the virus. So suddenly we're watching King's Game and Cody all of a sudden we're 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 watching an episode of Mr. Robot. What do you think? Yeah, I was just going to compare her to Elliot at the moment. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. The whole thing the virus it being a virus is like glorious nonsense. I love it so much. And the power of suggestion and it almost being like hypnosis are you saying and this is how their bodies are being killed and i also loved how 
Rhea, when she was on fire, she didn't acknowledge it at all. There was no burns. I For a moment, I thought she was turning into the Phoenix Jean Grey. That was just me. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, it, it does make sense because all the pain and punishment she's gone through in her life, she was so hardened to abuse, and her body was just used to it. I guess if you have to believe that the vi- this is a virus with the power of suggestion, it's not unbelievable that her body has the same effect. Like she's just telling herself not to feel the pain. Uh, I, I think that's a really good point that what you just said there, that she's telling her body not to feel it, that that was actually something similar to what I read about the manga. Uh, it is kind of a spoiler, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, Shay, uh, the virus and how <laughs> it almost seemed like for that split second, it was like, oh, they figured it out. Cool. And then no, no, they didn't. Uh, I thought that was really cool. How about you? I also thought it was kind of, I also thought it was pretty cool that in that moment, you know, they were like, yeah, we got it. We beat it. And I also was just like, oh yeah, go Rhea. Like I love her. And then it, ended and i was like oh never mind they didn't you notice that she had said well that was kind of anticlimactic she then- did she like touched on it and then i think the <laughs> craziest part was at that moment then watching her catch on fire and i think it was strange once again to see her catch on fire and then her just to not acknowledge that she was on fire at all and then just to be like okay well this is just how it ends and her just explaining everything and it was kind of like it made me feel for her even more. Like it really made me wish that she was in the episodes more besides just the past, like three episodes was when she first got introduced with like episode four, I believe. So maybe wish that she was in, in it more, but I think like, yeah, I, the virus part though was very interesting and it kind of in a weird way reminded me of Digimon, the first movie with, the virus in the computer, it very much reminded me of that and how they first thought they beat it and then it came back. I, I don't remember Digimon being viciously ripped to shreds or, or, no, or the Digidestined no. either. No, no, they weren't. The virus part was kind of what made me remind me of it, but it wasn't the whole ripped apart. Yeah, no, that was right. never a thing. That is true, so, but the whole death of Wizardmon, that got to me. No. Shay, I, w- I was going to let you have that one. Because it's been a long time since I've watched that movie. It's been a long time. But yeah, guys, I- I'd say that we're at episode six for our three shows right now. And I feel like they're all in a pretty good place. Uh, like I said earlier, they're all 12 episodes. So once they're all done with this season... They'll be done and we'll have a conclusion and we're going to keep moving on. And Shay, uh, I think that's actually pretty cool that all of the shows that we're going to have, uh, which has not happened every season, uh, all of them will be done. And I'm looking forward to how they're all going to go. How about you? Me too. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see how King's game is going to go. And also actually kind of evil evil or live too and i'm also interested well honestly i'm interested in all of them but i think king's game is the one that has my attention the most 
I think that only because I semi spoiled myself for King's game, uh, I'm, I'm excited how they'll do it, but I think right now, since we're at the halfway point, I think the one that I'm most interested in seeing how it will finish is Evil or Live. Uh, in the case of Kino's Journey, I feel like Kino is such a unique show that it can keep going, uh, for as long as it needs to. Uh, but also at the same time, I know Kino isn't totally episodic all the time. It's, it's kind of like, Sailor Moon in that way and that it can be episodic where you can have uh, an adventure every episode and then it will have a story and a conclusion. I know that in the previous Kino anime, it was like that where it did have a conclusion eventually. So maybe Kino will do that. But right now, in the case of Evil or Live, since that's the one where I really can't get a gauge on where it's going at all. That's the one I'm most interested in. Uh, Cody, uh, I will say that it's a good thing that Evil or Live is only 12 episodes. It's not 26 episodes like Prison School. So once it's done, it's done. Uh, how about you? Since we're at the halfway point, what are you looking forward to? Which, which show has your attention to the end the most? First things first, I couldn't even imagine 26 episodes of Evil or Live. How could you even take that? I guess year two at the school. But anyways, I think Kino's Journey is the one I'm looking for the most, to seeing what themes they'll touch on, whether if they'll uh, bring anything new to the series, or if they'll just retouch up some of the old stories from the first series. All right, so we, we each have a, a different vote, which is how it should be, which is exactly how it should be. Uh, we're all liking all three of the shows to a certain degree, but we're all interested in each of them individually. Uh, so, guys, thanks for doing this again, and thank everybody out there for listening. Cody, great to have you back uh, on the active roster. Shay, always a pleasure. What have you got going on? You you released a new video today. What else have you got? Um, released a new video today. I also plan to do a blog post soon on the Justice League because I watched the movie twice last week. Oh, twice. Okay. I saw it twice. I saw it once opening night, and then I literally went the next night and saw it again. <laughs> we should talk about Justice League then. After the show, we should talk about Justice League. Cody, did you yep. see Justice League? I don't want to spoil it for you. I have not. Okay, so... Shay, do do we can talk? Do you mind if we spoil it then, Cody? To be honest with you, I really don't watch superhero movies. Okay, then we'll just talk about it. All right, Shay. After the podcast, we'll talk about Justice League. Uh, Everyone (laughs) out there, subscribe to Shay's YouTube channel. Search for Shay Tree S H A Y T A R Double E Shay Tree, and and follow her on Twitter at Shay underscore Tree. Cody Anderson, my buddy, old pal. What have you got going on, my friend? I can't say that I have much going on, but I'm glad that I've learned how to properly say Shay's last name today. <laughs> I think Good. I've been saying it right this whole time. Tari? Yeah, it's actually my middle name. Ah, oh, even better. <laughs> even better. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to It's In Season. We will be back with Evil or Live. Kino's Journey and King's Game next time with episode 7 and 8.